when the tide goes out. And some people don't get back in time, and the hovercraft goes out and picks them up. And they drop them back to the crowded beach, and everyone goes, hey, they've all arrived. Well, that's what we're, we're looking at tonight. It's a rescue mission. It's not a hovercraft. We are in Luke 19. And I'll read you, read you the passage, and then we'll pray. So 28 to 40. After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethphage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Say, the Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? They replied, the Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt, and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. When he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Father, I pray tonight that you would open your word to us. Help us to hear, help us to understand, help us to put your word into practice and to bear fruit in Jesus' name. Amen. So it's Palm Sunday. Um, I have a confession to make. It's not my favorite Sunday of the year. I'm sorry, this is a bad way to, to start a message. It's even worse to apologize at the start, I've been told. But there we have it. I have three reasons why this is not my favorite um, time of the year, my favorite Sunday. The first is um, Palm Sunday, waving leaves, singing Hosanna, save us. Well, I went to a faith school, I went to church and Sunday school, I knew what happened a few days later. Like Mike said earlier, a few days later the same crowd are saying crucify him. We have no king but Caesar. So as a child I didn't like this. My second reason for not liking it is, you know, you know when you read your Bible, there's little subtitles, and sometimes there's a, um, a, a, a in bold or, or, or at the top of the passage, and it says what the passage is. In my Bible, it says, Jesus comes to Jerusalem as king. And I thought, I've seen the movies. They don't arrive on a donkey. You know, this, this to me is not a victorious arrival. We've got a couple of Bibles at home, and I scanned them to see if they were any better. The, the next best one was the triumphal entry. And I thought, that's, that's, 
That's equally bad. He's not a victorious emperor or general who's just... So I, as a child, I've, I've got to confess, I was disappointed with Palm Sunday. My question is, following that, um, so, so this, to, to my view, disappointing Sunday, was it planned? Was it planned by man? Was it planned by God? Um, and you'll be glad to know that as I've prepared this and studied this, I've, I've come to a different conclusion. And I've got four main points that I'm going to bring you with me. The first is early on Sunday morning, from the passage we read, um, the Mount of Olives um, is about a mile from Jerusalem. It goes down the Kidron Valley and back up into, into Jerusalem. Um, and at Bethphage, a little village on the top of that mountain, uh, Jesus sends two disciples to get this donkey. Obviously, he says, there's going to be a donkey there, and I want you to untie it. And if someone asks you what you're doing, tell them the Lord needs it. My question again is, is this planned? And I would suggest, obviously, because Jesus is saying, it's going to be there. Something here is planned. You're going to get challenged, and you're going to say, the Lord needs it. Bring it to me. And the next part is, they put their cloaks on the donkey, and Jesus gets on it. And the crowd, the disciples, and the other people around start having this reaction. They start waving palms. They, they put their cloaks on the floor and they, they start calling out, um, Hosanna, which means save us. And we in Westcliff-on-Sea wouldn't recognize the significance, but the Jews did. Um, they would have known Zechariah 9.9. They would have known the prophecy that says, Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout, daughter Jerusalem, see your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly, humble, and riding on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. When the people see that, they start to recognize this isn't just somebody, this is the Messiah, the long-awaited. They start quoting from Psalm 118. I was going to turn to that. And I didn't mark it. Bear with me. From verse 21. I will give you thanks for you answered me. You have become my salvation. Think of the hovercraft again. This is the rescue mission. You have become my salvation. The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this, and it is marvelous in our eyes. The Lord has done it this very day. Let us rejoice today and be glad. Lord, save us. Hosanna. Lord, grant us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. These are the words they use as Jesus arrives on this donkey. Again, my question is, is this planned? Is this planned by... Jesus and the disciples' PR division, or is this planned by God in advance? Is there something happening here? So it's, it's a, a significant time for the Jews when they realize who this is. 
Um, it's also very significant for Jesus because it's the first time that his ministry really goes public. Don't know if it's ever troubled you, but I've always questioned why Jesus, when he heals them, says, don't tell anyone. Do you think that's a bit strange? So until now, Jesus had always removed himself from public attention. In John 6, um, the story where, where Jesus feeds the 5,000, plus the other um, women and children, people want to make him king by force, it tells us in that passage, and Jesus withdraws to the mountainside. John 7, Jesus' brothers say, no one who wants to be a public figure acts in secret. Come on, Jesus, let's get this show on the road. And Jesus replies and says, my time is not yet here. But in this passage, it's different because Jesus actually says, doesn't he, now is the time. He doesn't say that. He is, he's being glorified as the Messiah. Uh, and in verse 39, the Pharisees say, rebuke your disciples when they start giving you this, this credit, this glory. So Jesus is saying, now is the time. And I love his reply. If they keep quiet, even the stones will cry out. That was my first point, okay, the donkey. My second is the previous day. We're going back in time. The day before, he's at a different village, a village called Bethany. And I jumped around through my Gospels here and put together a little bit of a story. So the Gospel of John says there was a dinner in Jesus' honor. In Mark, it tells us whose house it was. It was the house of Simon the leper. Think about that for a moment. A leper. There's a dinner at the leper's house for you, Jesus. If you're thinking what I'm thinking, this is the guy who should be dead is having a party. Possibly he's, he's been healed by Jesus, therefore he's giving uh, Jesus this dinner in his honor. But there's other people there too were told that Mary and Martha and Lazarus, the guy who was dead, is also there. This is going to be a great dinner party. It's in Jesus' honor. And during the meal, John 12, Mary takes a precious jar of perfume. She breaks it and anoints Jesus. Again, people are annoyed by this. Jesus, tell her off rebuke her and Jesus says leave her alone she has done a beautiful thing she has anointed me for the day of my burial my question again is this planned is this going somewhere so we've got the donkey we've got the anointing for burial let's go back in time again what day was this so this Palm Sunday, the original Palm Sunday, on the Jewish calendar, it's in the month of Nisan. Um, this is the day, when I looked it up, that the family selected a young lamb. You'll notice we sang some hymns tonight about the lamb. This was the day when the Jews went and selected their lamb to bring it into the house, to play with the kids, to sleep in their beds, 
for a few days to get to know this lamb. It's true. And then that lamb would be sacrificed. That was the Passover. That's what they did. This was a blameless, sinless, spotless, perfect lamb without blemish. It had to be without blemish. And we know, don't we, that Jesus came to give his life for our sin. John says in chapter 1, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Again, I'm going to ask you, is this significant? Is this planned that on this day Jesus arrives? When people are coming out of Jerusalem to, take their, to select their lamb, um, the lamb arrives. That was my third point. Number four. I'm also going to read this one, and I think I've marked it. Yes, I have. Daniel 9, 24 and 27. We, um, we visited Daniel a few months back, and he was in his 90s in captivity um, in Babylon. And the 70 years were almost up. And Daniel is praying, and he's confessing his sins and the sins of the people. Uh, this is about 570 BC, so we're going a long way back. Um, and God sends Gabriel to answer Daniel's prayer. Um, and he doesn't just answer the prayer in the way we might think. He gives a bit of a national plan. He unfolds a little bit of a picture here. Um, before I read it. I'm going to pick out a couple of bits. Verse 26 says, the anointed one. The anointed one, the translation for that is Messiah. Okay? So when we get to that, you, you'll understand that's what we're talking about. Verse 26 says, the anointed one will be put to death. Okay? Uh, so, from verse 24, 77s are decreed for your people and your holy city to finish transgression to put an end to sin, to atone for wickedness, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy place. Know and understand this, from the time the word goes out to restore and rebuild Jerusalem, I'll come back to that in a second, until the anointed one rules, one, the ruler, sorry, comes, there will be seven sevens and 62 sevens. It will be rebuilt with streets and a trench, but in times of trouble. After the 62 sevens, the anointed one will be put to death and will have nothing. I'll stop there. So, verse 25, I said, from the time the word goes out to restore and rebuild Jerusalem. Um, Daniel's in captivity. And the Jews are released back from their exile, back to Israel. And King Artaxerxes, if I've said that right, king of Babylon, in 445 BC, he makes a royal decree, a proclamation, to rebuild Jerusalem. And Nehemiah goes back with the authority and the money and the people to go and rebuild. And Daniel says here, from the time the word goes out, and then there's these passages that talk about the, the sevens. Um, 
So seven sevens, 62 sevens, that's 69 sevens. If every one of those sevens is seven years, and you add them all up, which someone has done, it is 173, I'm reading this now, 880 days from the day of this proclamation. If you count that from that day, when do you think it comes to? If you count in the leap years, all the days per year, the 6th of April, 32 AD, the week that the Lord Jesus goes on a donkey down a hill into Jerusalem. My question again is, do you think this is planned? prepared for? Is this part of a plan? And who planned it, man or God? Um, and is it significant in any way for us here today? It's obviously the fulfillment of some prophecies that Jesus knew about. Um, is it a happy day? Is it a culmination? Is it triumph? Was Jesus ecstatic? Let's go back to Luke. Verse 41. As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it. Jesus was very upset. The Greek word for weep there is a strong one. He sobbed, he cried. Although this was planned, although Jesus is arriving as a king on a donkey, he's not happy, he's very upset. Why is he upset? I think possibly for some of the similar reasons I was. He knows what's happening in a couple of days' time. He knows he's going to be rejected. He knows these, that these people who are saying, save us, you are our king, our Messiah, are actually saying, Romans out, deliver us from them. They're not saying, save us from our sin. Um, he knows that in a few days' time, they're going to say, we have no king but Caesar. We prefer the Romans to you. And what I like about this, which really has changed my opinion on Palm Sunday, is that Jesus, knowing this, keeps going. He knows that you and I have and will reject him, as those people did then, and he still keeps going. And that's where I get caught up and I go, wow, Lord Jesus, that's amazing. So if we think of the hovercraft for a second, some of us choose not to get on it or choose to jump off it, and Jesus is saying, no, I'm still there. I'm still coming. Even if you choose not to be rescued, that's how much I love you. So where does this bring us? What's, what's our response? It is the day to select the lamb. That was my third point. We get that choice, don't we? We get to choose what am I putting my faith in? What am I trusting in as, as my saviour? Do we sing Hosanna on a Sunday? Or on a Monday and Tuesday we say, 
but I put my trust in my financial security and my pension and my benefits and my job and I love my new kitchen, thanks very much. Do we reject him as he cries? Or do we reject ourselves and we go, do you know what? I'm not good enough. I would make Jesus look bad. I think of me, if you've ever seen me playing football and, and I lose my cool a bit, I'm not the best witness. But as I was preparing this, I was thinking, do you know what? The donkey in this story, it doesn't get enough press. This is a wild donkey, never been ridden. If you've ever had the pleasure to try and tame a wild donkey, please film it and send us the... Ridiculously hard to do. This, this donkey had not been ridden before. I doubt that the king of glory had much trouble in calming the donkey. But I can imagine Jesus sitting on this donkey with his feet nearly touching the floor, not very majestic in my, in my book, and the donkey's maybe going this way and that way and a bit reluctant. And The donkey wasn't chosen to make Jesus look good, was it? Jesus came as our king, humble, lowly on a donkey. Laughter, abused, and rejected by us as well. So we don't need to reject ourselves. We definitely don't need to reject this rescue mission from Jesus. We're going to um, come back into two songs of worship. The first song we're going to sing is Man of Sorrows. Um, which I think I understand better, having prepared this. Jesus was upset as he made this journey. And the second song we're going to sing is All Hail the Lamb. That was the Lamb's arrival, wasn't it? Jesus came as our perfect sacrifice, um, our hovercraft. So I'm going to invite you to come to stand, to respond if you need to. Um, Father God, I just thank you for this rescue mission and that you stayed on the donkey and that you kept coming. For me, for my friends, for my family. In Jesus' name, amen.